welcome to the Tales of Teaching podcast, a place where I hope you can find inspiration, creativity, and most importantly, someone to relate to. Teaching can be tough, as I'm sure you know, so I'm hoping this can be a space where we can motivate one another to take teaching to a whole new level. You are listening to episode six, what to do on the first day of school. And I apologize because this may be more towards people who are, sorry, teachers who are first year teachers because I totally remember going in and not knowing what the heck I was going to do on the first day of school. I was super scared, super nervous. When I did my student teaching, um, it was mid-year to end year, so I saw a great way to end the year and all the activities you should do at the end of the year, but I had like extreme anxiety about the first day of school. And of course, um, those first day of school nightmares started rolling in. All the kids obviously were like yelling at me, not listening to me, didn't like me. And so that's always my biggest fear is that the kids are not going to like me. So I always have um, a nightmare that kind of simulates the kids not liking me. So whatever your biggest fear is, especially if you're a new teacher, I'm I'm not even joking. The nightmares will start uh, rolling in about a couple days before school, sometimes a week before school. Hey, you'll, you'll find out, I guess. <clears throat> so, and again, I wanted to make a whole episode on this because it's the question that I get a lot, sometimes from older teachers, um, who want to maybe change their routine, um, from new teachers and kind of all over the spectrum. So I wanted to kind of cover what I do. And to be quite honest, the biggest thing I'm going to tell you right now is the day is going to go by a lot faster than what you think. So, if you're sitting there and you're like trying to jam pack, like that's, this is my weakness. I always jam pack with a million things to do. And the brilliant, the nice thing about that is you guys, there's always tomorrow. So if you don't get it to it the first day, push it on to the next day. And so I don't, really plan out my day by day by day. I kind of more think of, okay, these are all the things I want to cover in that week. If we get to it the first day, fabulous. We'll just do it day two. And so that's kind of the the perspective that you need to have. And you can't be stressed out if you don't get to something um, and just kind of go for there. So what I like to do, and this is just me, this is not every teacher does this. Um, if you're not this type of person that likes doing this, then obviously I would not recommend this to you, but I do it for my own sake to keep myself on track and to keep myself accountable. And what I like to do is I like to create just a cute little PowerPoint that addresses all the things that I want to talk about, that I want to address, that I want to make sure that I cover. And I do this just so I know I'm not leaving out anything. Um, I know for a fact I'm addressing everything that I want to address on that first day of school. And for me, it's really important to me that I address all this stuff right off, right out the gate, because for our school, we have back to school night the next day. And so I want to make sure I address everything for the kids so they can kind of go home and tell the parents, kind of, you kind of catch my drift. So that's kind of why if it feels like it's a lot, that's why. So to start off my PowerPoint, I like to kind of start off with some fun things. So I like to start off with some little fun facts about me, what my favorite foods are, favorite drinks, my birthday, color. You know these are all the questions that the kids are going to ask you at some point. So I like to kind of start off the gate with basically almost like my frequently asked questions from my students. And this is just so they can kind of get to know me um, 
first of all, and I'm going to go rewind. Before I even do this, one of my favorite activities to do is like a little inferencing activity. And once the kids have sat down, they found their spot, they're situated, we've taken attendance or whatnot, all the things that need to be done. Um, I actually have them look around my classroom and they have to make inferences about what kind of teacher I am, what kind of person I am, um, what can what conclusions can they draw with maybe how this year is going to go and this has been something that I just randomly started doing I think I want to say last year and it has been my or two years ago sorry it has been my favorite thing to do because you get to see okay what pieces of me are speaking in the walls of my classroom what little details are they zoning in on and it's kind of nice too because we talk about sometimes how um, you might see something and think one thing, but it actually means another. And so it's just a really great discussion. And it's kind of fun for me to see what kind of things they think they know about me (laughs) before we get started. Obviously, I'm fifth grade. So kids talk as they kind of come up the up the pipes. Um, And so it's just kind of nice to kind of see what they think our classroom is going to be like. And then I go over what our classroom actually is like. So that's a really fun, um, easy activity that really doesn't even take any prep um, materials or anything you can do. And I absolutely I love it. So going back to after we've done that activity, then I like to go through and to kind of share with them some of my favorite things. Um, these are questions, again, like I said, that I get a lot. Um, like, what's your favorite candy? What's your favorite color? Um, what activities do you like to do? Um, I like to kind of share a little bit of like things I like to do at home so they kind of get an idea. And then I like to share um, just a, like five fun and interesting facts about me. So for one, and I like to try and appeal to, I feel like, all my audience, okay? So I know that I'm going to have some boys in my classroom, right, that play sports. So one of my fun facts is that my husband played in the minor leagues. He played for the Orioles, for those of you that are curious. And so I have a I have that fun fact with a picture of me and him in his jersey. And the kids get so excited, and I almost do like a guessing game, like, okay, what? And it's before I have the picture pop up. Um, what team do you guys think he played for? And so they're like throwing out, obviously, some. And then I'll have some students that either had a sibling in my class or knows my family somehow, and they'll guess it, oh, the Orioles. And so that's kind of fun. Then we'll talk, oh, is there any baseball players in here? And it's just kind of a fun way to kind of relax kids that maybe do have anxiety on the first day of school. Um, I talk about how I live in Huntington Beach, and of course they're all like, wait, that's like an hour away from here. And so then I talk about, yes, I drive. Um, I talk about how I was a dancer for 13 years, and I have some fairly embarrassing pictures of myself in ridiculous costumes. I'm going to paint a lovely picture for you in case you're having a bad day. Um, One of those is me in a squirrel costume holding a fake acorn in my hand with a big bushy tail. And the kids always get a crack about it. Um, My mom used to always post this lovely picture for my birthday um, (laughs) for anything she was trying to congratulate me for on Facebook. So shout out to you, mom, for the lovely embarrassing pictures and for keeping them because I think they're hilarious to show to my class now. Um, Another fun fact that I feel like the kids really relate to is I attended Cullen, the, the school that I work at, for four years. And so they get really excited and they ask me questions like, oh my gosh, are there any teachers here that are still here? when you were here and they asked me all the questions and I feel like it's nice too because I come from a place like hey you guys I get it I was in fifth grade not too too long ago I remember how you feel I remember this I remember that and I feel like they're able to connect back with that like yeah she was probably literally sitting in one of these seats um 
And so that's kind of fun. I talk about my dog. Um, and then that's kind of pretty much it. And that's just nice because I feel like it gives a little bit of a glimpse into kind of what my life is when I'm not teaching. I think sometimes kids forget that you are also a human too, not just a teacher. And so it's just kind of fun to share those facts. Um, I then jump into a few things that are my biggest pet peeves. I don't know why I started doing this, but I almost wanted to hit the ground running with, hey, I'm just letting you know right away, if you do these few things, it's really gonna, I have zero patience for it. And if you're curious of what those are, I don't know why. When kids don't tell me where they're going, like they just get up out of their seat and I turn around, they're gone. Maybe it's like the panic in me that doesn't know where they are. So they always have to tell me where they're going. Um, I hate... (laughs) When kids have this tendency, and it's always a select few, and we go over this, I go over this so much, they will come up to me, like walk up to me and ask me a question. And I don't know why I despise this. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Sit down, raise your hand, I'll come to you. Um, So I tell them that. Um, Being unkind to others in our classroom, I really have a zero bullying policy. I hate mean kids, and I tell them all the time, I was in fifth grade, I get it. And so... I like to kind of create the space if you're having a problem, come to me. Um, When you don't participate, that's my biggest, biggest, that's probably should be number one. That's my biggest pet peeve is when kids don't participate. I'm like, you're sucking the fun out of everything if you're not participating. I'm like, look around. You may think you're not being, it's uncool to do the crazy weird things that we're doing, but you're the only one that's not doing it. So if you think about it, you're the one that's kind of being uncool. And then they kind of melt a little bit and we'll start giving me something. That's all I ask for. Give me something. You don't need to do the crazy dance moves. Just sing the songs. That's all I ask. And then um, I had a lovely little posse of girls a couple years ago that would use my my flare pens without giving them back. So I have to add the do not use my pens or if you do use them, you are going to put them back. Um, So then I kind of mosey on into talking about house points with my group. Um, I show them class dojo. We discuss um, our positive and negative points. And if you're not doing the house system, you can easily kind of do this kind of style too. So what I will do is I will throw up all the things that they get positive points for. Or even if you're just using dojo, there's a such thing as positive and negative. So I throw them up. Um, So one of them, for example, is demonstrating leadership. And so one of the things I like to kind of go over with my class is we will um, talk about examples because that's the biggest thing, you guys. When you are doing, when you're showing them your expectations, when you're showing them your class rules, you never, and this is what I learned my first year, never, ever assume that they know how to do it. Because my first year of teaching, my psh, every kid knows how to sharpen a pencil. Every kid knows how to line up in line correctly. Every kid knows to raise their hand for to ask a question. No, you literally have to address every single little thing that you want to run in your classroom. And I'm telling you, it sounds like, wow, that sounds like a lot. But I'm telling you, if you take the time to do that, It'll save you time later because then the kids will be familiar with the routines. They'll be familiar with the way things go. And there's going to be no way they can argue, oh, well, you never said how to sharpen the pencil. So I sharpened it this way. And so I feel like it just kind of saves you a whole world of hurt later. So what we'll do is we'll go through each of the categories that I picked for being um, for getting positive points. And so we'll discuss examples. And I really like to paint a picture because you can't just say, okay, you get points for leadership. You get points for kindness, perseverance, beyond thinking. They're going to be like, what are those things? And I'm the per- perfect example. I always need an example in front of me. I hated when teachers would say, okay, here's the assignment. Um, 
and it's like this big project, but they never give you any examples to look off of. So I, in my head, I'm Mrs. Perfectionist. I'm like, oh, great. How do you get the high score? What do I have to do? Um, it's this is so vague. And so I think the more examples, the better. And so we'll go around the room. What do you think demonstrating leadership looks like? And I'll have some examples. We'll talk about it, um, really dive deep into it. And then we'll go into the next one. Okay, kindness. How do you think you demonstrate kindness? And then we'll talk about how that's different from leadership. And then we'll talk about perseverance. How do you, what is perseverance? And our school is really big on grit. So my, our, my kids have a pretty good understanding of what perseverance is. Um, and after we kind of go through all of those, then we go and talk about the negative points. And the whole time that we're doing this, I have my kids sitting um, on the rug. And yes, I teach fifth grade. My kids still sit on the rug. And sometimes they look at me the first time I say it. And I'm like, yep, we're doing it because... They don't know this, but it's because so I can see literally all their eyeballs. I know that they're close. They're going to pay attention. Um, they're not in their desk messing around. Their hands are free. They have nothing to play with. Um, and honestly, towards the end of the year, they love sitting on the rug when we do that kind of stuff. So, mm. um, and then we go over the negative points. So what do you think showing disrespect is? What do you think being disruptive is? Why? And then I go over the why. Why is it? And that's my biggest thing. I, I always, t I'm very transparent with my students. And I say, there are rules for a reason in my class. I promise it's not just because I'm trying to be a diplomat or I'm trying to be Mrs. Rule, Mrs. Rule maker. Um, everything has a purpose and everything will transfer back to your adulthood. And I tell them like, for example, raising your hand. And I have, of course, my lovely friends, and this is going off of being disruptive. Do you want to ruin the answer for your friends by shouting out something? No. Um, by you, by having the, the system of raising your hand, I'm able to make it so not everyone's shouting out at the same time, because if everyone shouted out like that, it would be a crazy disaster. And so I like to kind of paint that picture for them because I feel like the more that you do that, the better they understand. Um, and so we'll kind of talk about these things to get you negative points. So being respectful, um, being disruptive, late or missing work, not listening or tracking the speaker. Um, I have a huge thing about listening skills and eyes on the speaker and always looking at the speaker. And so I really try to dig that into them, that especially that first week. Um, off, ta off task, I'm prepared. And then I, if you guys listen to my house one, I, I said I needed to give put this one in, going to the bathroom. Um, at a time that's not something that we agreed about. The kids are allowed to use the bathroom at recess. Um, they're allowed to use it during independent work. Basically, any time that they're not doing, well, I mean, any time in the class is valuable, but they, I had to kind of teach them when there's lulls in the classroom, that's when you go to the bathroom. And so I give them a negative point when it's not at a time that we discussed. And I'm going to give you a big secret kind of right here, right now. So some of you guys are probably thinking, well, that's lovely. I have those same rules in my classroom, but I struggle for them to follow them. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's two things. One thing, you have to be consistent. The second, and I learned this from Hope and Wade Kings, this is, these are not my own words. The second that you come in the classroom tired or you're sick or you're not feeling well and the kids are not lined up the way that you normally have them line up, um, I'm sorry to tell you, if you allow them to go and you didn't say anything, you kind of just lowered your expectation. And so the, the biggest piece, and this was something I really, 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 really worked on last year, is the consistency piece. 
especially when you're not feeling 100%. Um, and the reason behind that, like I said, is the second, the second you allow them to dip lower than what your usual expectation is, they will take full advantage of it. And what I said was you just set your new expectation. So that means tomorrow when you're feeling fine or you're feeling better, you finally got your rest, the kids are going to line up crazy and you're going to be like, what the heck are you guys doing? You guys need to line up like this. It's going to take a little bit longer to kind of put them in that line. And it's going to take longer to output that bad habit that you put in. And so what I do is as we're going through my slideshow, so say the next slide after we talked about house points was line procedure. We'll pause. I have the kids go outside. We'll model. I show them exactly how my line's supposed to be, how it's supposed to look like, sound like, feel like, okay? And we go over all of those until it's perfect. And I'll do this about five times. So I'll line up. Okay, we're going to sit back down. Or maybe I'll do one more rule. Okay, let's go back outside and practice that line procedure one more time. And so we'll, we'll pop outside, practice it. Ooh, you know what? John, uh, you know, it's, it's, about a, it's about a five. I think when we practiced it, it was a 10. And so I'm constantly rating them. <laughs> and I don't, it sounds so silly, but it's so beneficial. Like, oh, you, you thought that line procedure was about a five. I heard some talking. There, This line's all wonky. This person's out of place. And so it sounds nitpicky, but that's what you got to kind of, you have to do it. And you have to constantly put it, where you want it because kids will do what you want them to so and you can't be afraid to do it over and over and over again kids need to model if you see a kid running down the hallway instead of saying johnny please walk um no i have my kid no go back and try it again let me see if you can practice the walking because i don't know if you can and again too they get kids get really irritated when you're wasting their time right and so they probably look at you and go and we'll walk back but do you think they're going to run again? Probably not, especially if you're the one standing up there because they're like, oh, that's the crazy lady that makes you go back, okay? And it sounds it's so self-explanatory, right? But you got to make sure to do it. And so I, I do that with everything. And again, I learned some of these skills I get your teach on. Um, one of the things too was call and responses, right? You want, when you do a call and response, you don't want it to be like, um, geez, and the kids go, Louise. <laughs> Right? That's not the energy that I want. And again, too, you have to give the energy that you're asking for. Um, and so we'll do it again. Nope. Guys, that was a two. Are you guys awake? And so, I'll, you know, I'll play around with that. Are, you, are we awake today? Do, do, maybe. Okay, hold on. Maybe maybe we just need a little bit of wake-up call and I'll do it again. And so that's the biggest thing is you want to, when they aren't giving it to you, you have to make them do it and do it and do it until it's back up to where it was. Okay, that's the way to make it be consistent, okay? Because I didn't let them get away with giving me a level two. Nope, we're going to keep going until you give me a level 10. And sometimes they'll look at you like, are you serious, lady? We just did this five times. Well, do it the, right the first time, and then we won't have to. And I'm telling you, so beneficial. I can't tell you how much I wish I knew that my first year. And so for those of you that are going into your first year, I'm telling you, do it that way, and you will get exactly what you had been hoping for for classroom management. Okay, so, <laughs> sorry, I got a little sidetracked there, but I just feel, I feel so passionate about it. Um, so then I go to, after we do that, I go through the houses. Um, we talk about, I talk about each and every single one of them. I'm not going to go over this again, you guys, because I went over this in my past episode about the houses. Um, I'll sort my kids, and these are all in my one slideshow. And then I so kindly go into my 22 essentials that I talked about in a previous, previous episode um, that I adapted from Ron Clark's Essential 55. And again, 
if you have not purchased that book, I highly recommend that you do. I feel like it had some really good points. Um, I mean, again, I'm not going to sit there and say I agreed with every single little thing that he said. Um, I feel like he had a lot of good points. He painted pictures in a way that I hadn't really thought about, and it was just a good thinking piece. And I think I think every teacher should at least buy it and look at it and soak it in um, and take what and just take what they agreed with. So um, one of the things he talks about is kind of being humble. And these are all kind of characteristics that I like to kind of build into my kids. And the funny thing is, like, I feel like I did this automatically, but now I kind of have a space where I address it, which is nice. Like I said, you want to be as explicit with your kids as possible. So I like to talk about how um, when people praise you, you should turn it into a moment and praise others. Um, being humble, not bragging, that kind of stuff. Um, congratulating others and the class. If someone does something well, they will receive an applause. And in his book, he says it should last a minimum of three seconds um, and needs to be at a certain level of loudness. And so, and the way he addresses this is saying, well, raise your hand if you don't like it when someone congratulates you or raise your hand if you don't like an applause and I like kind of bringing this back to to wonder um when he says in the book um everybody should receive a standing ovation one time in their life and because and that he says that for a reason because it feels so great when you have a whole room of people congratulating you on something that you did and one thing that I like that he touched on in this book is that it wasn't just for those kids that, okay, we're going to congratulate all those that got a hundred. No, you're congratulating those that have made huge strides. So say, and I'm sorry if you have a child named Johnny or Johnny is your name. Um, I don't know why it's always my problem child in any scenario. Um, if he has been getting nothing but 20% on a test and all of a sudden he gets a 60%, that's wonderful. And so you want to applaud that. Okay. So it's not just those that are being high achievers, it's the ones that are making leaps and strides and are doing great things. And so that's the one thing that I liked and I like to kind of talk about with my with my kids. Um, and another huge thing that I go over is respecting opinion. Um, so, and this, what's funny is I, I used to think that maybe that my first fifth grade class, they were such a group of um, opinionistic kids. And so I thought, honestly, that this system just worked because they loved sharing their opinion. They loved debating. They loved any moment where they can command the classroom. They took full advantage of it. They would get mad at me or not mad, but just bummed when we would have to, Oh guys, we have to stop. It's time for lunch or we have to stop. It's time for PE. Um, I'm sorry. Um, which I love those moments, by the way, when they're like, no, can we, can we just, can we just stay in for like 10 more minutes? And no, you guys need to go out, go, go to recess, go to PE. Um, and, it's the respecting the opinion and using those accountable talk stems. Um, so one of the biggest ones that I have my kids do is um, the I respectfully agree or disagree with you. And I feel like that's so important, especially in today's society. It's okay if someone doesn't agree with your opinion. It doesn't mean that they don't like you as a person. And I feel like that's such a big thing to teach these kids because hi we live in such a pc world where if you don't say something correctly or if you say the wrong thing the whole world goes out against you and to be quite honest it shouldn't be like that you should be able to say your opinion and have someone say you know what i really don't agree with that but do it in a respectful way rather than the way our world is kind of doing it in such a hateful weird spiteful way and so um we'll do the the stems i respectfully agree with so and so i feel like they had some great points but and they'll say their end 
Okay. And that's such a big thing. And the, you guys, the best way to do this too, if you feel like, and again, I, mean, I, I did get a little sidetracked. Um, the best way to make sure they're hitting these key points is to praise the ones that are doing it. Like, uh, so I'll, I remember I'll say, okay, guys, we're going to make sure you guys are using your sentence stems when we're doing this discussion, blah, 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 blah. The first person that does it, I'll make a point and make an example. Oh my gosh. Allie, I loved you for using those sentence stems. That's so great. Do you see how professional you sounded? And makes it like a really big deal about it. And I'm not even kidding you. The little kid sitting there is like, well, I, I want, I want that. So he'll stand up and he'll he'll do the sentence stem. And after like the first month or so of making sure to really hit hard and praise the ones that are doing the things that you want them to do, it'll become a habit. And you don't have to kind of hit it as hard, but you still want, you still want to celebrate them for when they do use it. Um, and again, with the dojo, I'm constantly giving points. Eye contact, great points, great points, great points. I'm like literally handing out points like I'm Oprah the first week, especially because you want to reward, you want to build that idea that you do these things, you will be successful, okay? And I'm all about the positive learning environment too. Yes, I have my negative points because I feel like you have to, but I'd more rather give a kid a positive point for doing the opposite thing of what the kid is that I didn't like. So say Johnny's wandering around. Thank you, Tim, for sitting in her seat, getting right to work. I'm going to give you a house point for that. And then you'll see Johnny all of a sudden will be like, oh, and he'll walk on over and he'll correct his own behavior. And it, again, it depends on what, how large scale the behavior of the thing he's breaking to. Okay. So we got to the respect opinion and, um, you guys, if you just look up accountable talks, they are all over the internet, all over teachers pay teachers. I think I even have a product. I'm like, I have so many now. I'm like, I think I have a product um, of like some little bubbles that I hang up in my classroom. Um, and it's just constant reminder. Like these are what you're going to use when talking. And what's great too about the accountable talks too, when it comes to opinion is that they're also, um, bringing in evidence. A lot of the stems say, well, according to the author, he said this kind of kind of thing. And so they're really great stems for the kids to use, um, you guys, and anybody can use them. So don't think, oh, oh I'm, I'm teaching a group of ELs. I don't think they're going to get that. I did summer school um, with my EL kids and I had them do these same exact things and they were able to do them, if not sometimes even better because sentence stems are great for English language learners. Um, and they were standing up with confidence saying these stems and it took a little work because I had a lot of little shag guys in my group, but we did it and it was fabulous. And I just seeing the confidence and that's the part that makes me excited. Just seeing how confident they are when they're giving their answer. Um, it's amazing. And especially when the respecting opinion too, I make my kids whenever it's any open, um, whenever they're answering a question that's besides like a yes or a no, or a what's the answer to 225 or whatever, um, I make them stand up and talk and say their answer. And why I do this is for to make it easier for kids to see them, um, to give them confidence, right? When you're standing, don't you feel a lot more confident than if you're kind of sitting down and kind of like hiding behind the person maybe in front of you? Um, and for kids that want to talk when it is time for opened floor type of debate, um, you have to really think about your answer, right? You're thinking, okay, I have to really put these thoughts together. I can't tell you how many kids, when you ask, when a kid's raising their hands and I ask them to respond, I can't tell you. I'm just like, oh man, I forgot. I don't think I'm, I'm really going to say this. I really don't think I've had a single kid that has stood up to say something, say that they forgot what they were going to say, which that's powerful, right? Um, and so 
I'm obsessed with it. And I think it makes my kids, all kids that do this become better speakers because of it. And the biggest thing, reason why, and it's funny because this is why if you can't do it right, you become a better teacher. Um, I was always a super shy kid. I didn't earn my confidence for speaking in front of a room until, this is going to sound silly, until I was in a sorority. And I had a position where I had to speak in front of and memorize this big, giant, long speech. Probably the biggest thing I've ever had to memorize, like pages and pages and pages of memorization. Um, And I had to speak in front of a room full of like 200 people and speak with confidence and not speed through my speech um, and say it at a slow, even keel pace. And what's funny is before I was like super shy, I would speed through things, I would get like the sweats, I'd be shaking them. You could hear it in my voice of how nervous I was. Um, And so that situation made me so much more confident when I came to speak. And so I didn't learn that obviously until college. And so I want those kids to have that experience of speaking skills because sorry to say, does it not matter what job you're in? I'm telling you, you will need to learn to be a good speaker and to command a room. And so that's kind of why I go over that. And I'm sorry, I've been talking so much about respecting opinion, but it's just something I feel so passionate about. I think because I wasn't good at it at all. And I was a kid too. And you're probably like, wow, you're, (laughs) I was like this sensitive Sally too. And so I, again, that's why I'm kind of almost like, no, it's okay when people don't agree with you. Um, I already touched on no bragging, um, being polite. So again, one of the things I give points for are using manners. Um, I feel like it's kind of a dying thing, especially with the generation of kids on media. And so I, I you have to be polite. Um, if someone asks you a question, you should answer and then respond them with the question, right? How are you doing today? And he, then then they'll look at you and be like, good, and then keep on going, right? Instead of them being like, well, how are, how are you doing today? It's just proper manners when someone asks you something, um, you know, to see how you're doing, you respond with a question. Um, and that's good kind of in all practices. Um, saying thank you after receiving something. Um, I loved how in Ron Clark, he he said after three seconds, if you don't say um, thank you, I'm going to take back the thing that I gave you because it's showing me that you're being ungrateful for it. Um, <clears throat> and so I thought that was, you know, that's pretty powerful. It's teaching kids to say thank you because I bet you if you were giving them like a Jolly Rancher or something and they don't say thank you and you just took it and like popped it into your own mouth, they would just look at you like, well, you didn't say thank you, right? You know they're never going to forget that again. Um, And I just think it's, there's something about a kid with manners that just is like, oh, they have a good head on their shoulders. Um, And then one thing that I did like too is he said when you're referring to an adult, when you're speaking with adults, you need to make sure you're using sir or ma'am. And again, that's really old school. But again, I think it's building that sense of professionalism in them at a young age, which, hey, I think their generation is going to be a really good working working era. And I think by teaching them the skills, it's going to make them really great in an interview. It's going to make them stand out in the workforce. And so I want to build these characteristics in them. Um, when reading as a class, you will follow along and know exactly where we are on the story. If called on, you must continue reading immediately. Um, this is my biggest thing. Um, we have the wonders curriculum, so you bet there's lots of reading. And so, um, I like to make sure that they're following along because that, again, that should even go on my list of biggest pet peeves, but you need to know, um, what we're reading. Um, questions need to be always answered in complete sentences. Um, one of the biggest things is, is rewards are earned for good behavior, academic performance, and other acts of worthy praise. Do not ask for rewards and it will not be given. So that's my biggest thing because kids like, well, do I? I got 100% on my test. Do I get something? No. You don't need to get something every time you do something too. 
Um, and well, I, I'm sitting here doing my work. Do I get a point? That's my, I hate when kids do that. They do that all the time. No, you don't get a point for doing exactly what you were supposed to be doing. Right. And so that's something, and it sounds so silly, right? You think kids know that, but no, they don't. So again, some of these things you're like, well, don't they know to do that? No, you have to talk about it. Um, so I'm not going to go through and sit through all of mine, but some, I go over my homework policy, transitions, um, how they need to be organized, how they should act for a substitute. And this sounds so silly, but you need to talk about it. Otherwise, um, it they'll just kind of assume. And um, I was in a gate training one time too, and he said kids like to know what's coming. Um, they behave better when they know that you're not going to be there. So I used to think the opposite. I used to think like, okay, I'm not going to tell them I'm just not going to be there. Um, I think that way they're not going to get all amped up and oh my God, there's going to be a sub tomorrow. Um, instead, they know exactly what to walk into. And the better you can prepare kids like that, um, the better. And so the way he told us to kind of say this is, okay, all right, you guys, I, this is usually how I say it is I'm, I'm going to let you know, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. And I usually do this about the end of the day so that they have time to kind of think over the next day. I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I'm actually going to be at a training for this thing, but, and trust me, I'd rather be with you guys, but this training that I'm going to do, it's going to come back and I'm going to have some really cool things for us to do. Okay. That's the only reason why I'm missing. And guys, I've probably only taken, like I'm going to knock on wood right now, um, two sick days in my whole entire career of actual sick days. So I never take days off. And if I do, it's just for, it's for professional development. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm going to this training. Um, and just letting you know, there's going to be a sub here, but I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I know that you guys are going to be the amazing students that you are. And he, this is important. You need to tell them exactly how you know they're going to behave. And don't be like, I know you guys are going to pick on this sub. I know you're going to do this. I know you guys are going to be excellent students. You're going to be even better than you probably are for me. You're going to show her or him, depending on if I know who it is, you're going to show them grace. You're going to show them patience. Um, you're going to help them when maybe they don't know what our classroom rules are. And you know what? If they don't do things the exact same way that we do, it's okay. Okay? Because as a sub, that was my biggest pet peeve. Well, Mrs. Blah, blah, blah does it this way. Okay. I'm not Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and it sounds so silly. And again, these are fifth graders, you guys. So you could be with any grade. And I almost feel like the better they're prepared the better they will be. And especially if you're going, if you're like, I know you're, because now they know like, oh shoot, she's going to come back. Hope, like, no, like expecting us to be on this great behavior. And I know it sounds silly, but I'm telling you it works. The times that I took to do that with them, they were always really great for the sub. The days that I forgot to tell them or the days that I did get sick and I couldn't prompt them. Um, again, they were a little bit more crazier. And I'm sure there was other circumstances involved too, like one day was a rainy day schedule. Um, but I'm telling you, take the time to do that with your kids. And I think you'll be shocked with kind of the outcome you get. Um, so with that, then I kind of go over like little things like our water policy, lunch assemblies, how I want them to behave in an assembly. Um, we have an assembly maybe about once a trimester. So I want to make sure, especially because we're the highest grade in um, elementary school and I tell them that all the kids are looking up to them. And so I want them to be the best they can be in an assembly when we're walking in our lines um, and that kind of stuff. And like I said, you guys, I, all these things that I'm brushing over, I don't brush over when I'm talking with them. Um, I go in an extensive 
um, detail with them. They are thinking up models. We'll go outside and model it together. So we'll go outside and practice walking in our lines. Oh, no, we didn't make it all the way without you guys walking two by two. We're going to go back. Um, and that sounds so silly, but it's so important. Um, I show them we have a crazy fire drill policy. And so sometimes on the first or second day of school, um, we'll go out and stand where we're supposed to stand so they know where to go. I'll practice with what their line's supposed to be, um, how we're supposed to walk out. We're not supposed to walk out all crazy. We're supposed to be composed. And so everything that you can think of, I model with them. I'm not just telling them. And so this isn't me just kind of going through these rules. We'll look at the slideshow. We'll discuss. We'll talk it as a group. Then we'll go outside and model. We'll do some, we'll do model, model, model. We'll come in. We'll go to the next thing. And then I'll break it in with a first day of school activity. Um, team builder thing. Okay. So like after I put them in the houses, we do all sorts of team builders um, because I want them to get to know their groups and we'll do class um, team bu- team builders as well. Um, so going through these essentials, um, I talk about bullying and how they need to come to me if they feel like someone is bothering them. If, it make, if someone's making them feel uncomfortable, um, my biggest thing is I don't want them to take matters into their own hands because that's when they're going to get in trouble. And I hope that they would trust me to know that I'm going to do something about it to kind of protect them. Um, being honest, that's my biggest thing. I would rather you tell me the truth than me find out later that you were lying. And I tell the kids too, once I found out, once someone finds out that you've lied to them, it's really, really, really hard to get their trust back. You have to work twice as hard to get them to trust you again. Um, and so we kind of talk about that. And again, there's like little books here that I'll read, um, being you. So I tell them they need to be the best person that they can be. And I'm going to do a little sidebar. This is something that I really, really, really hit hard. I'm like, it's okay to be a nerd. It's okay to have these interests that other people don't. You're going to find your people, that kind of thing. I had this little girl two years ago write me this letter about how (laughs) she's so cute about how, um, I always taught them to kind of be themselves and to not be embarrassed of the things that they like to do. And so she said, she just thanked me for that. And I thought that was such a sweet little letter. And she was a very, um, gosh, she was like my little, like opinionated, like, I think she's going to be like president of something one day. She was very well established with her verbiage and stuff. Um, and then making eye contact. That's my favorite. Make eye contact. When someone is speaking, you will keep your eyes on them at all times. If someone makes a comment, you're going to turn and face that person. When you look down at the ground, you seem unsure. Eye contact shows confidence, right? And I'll do silly examples. Like I'll say like if I look and I'm, I'm modeling for you guys, if I'm looking down and I'll be like, so yesterday I went into this, um, and look at the kids. I'm like, how does my body language look? And they're like, oh, like you look like you're scared. Um, you're unsure. And so they go through and then I'll do another example where I'm standing up, looking at the audience um, with my shoulders up. Right. And I'll talk confidently and they're like, wow. And I'm saying, like, OK, see the difference. And I said the exact same things. Right. Which one would you rather listen to? OK. And again, it's all about the modeling. I cannot say that enough. Um And one of my favorite, and this kind of goes back to the agreeing with opinion. Um, The biggest thing that's helped me is coming up with an agree and disagree symbol. I'm sure if you could look them up on YouTube, Hope and Wade King have a great one. I've seen teaching and so forth have a nice one. Um, And so you do those and you show them with the kids. And I'm all about the the gestures, right? They give me a symbol for bathroom. They give me a symbol for water. Um, They give me a symbol for agreeing and disagreeing. And the reason why this is great is because then you won't get the same kids 
repeating, and I'm sure you might have gotten this in the classroom, where a kid will say an answer, and then another kid will stand up and say kind of the same answer, but change just slightly. <laughs> um, you won't get that nearly as much if you guys can incorporate some type of an agreeing and disagreeing symbols. And again, um, rewarding those that are constantly following that, and then the rest of the kids will do it too. And it's nice too, because if the whole class is agreeing and I see someone's not, I tell them, I, I warn them, I'm like, I'm telling you, if you're going to disagree, I might call on you just because I'm curious as to what you disagreed with. And so I'll call him, he'll, and then he'll stand up and say, you know, I, um, I respectfully disagree with what Ali said because, and then he'll list his thing. And then the kids can kind of see his thinking. And then it's kind of, it's fun because then it starts a little bit of a, a debate. And that's great. You want that in your classroom for them to feel freely. And again, like I said, I always say it's okay not to agree with what everybody in the classroom is saying. So again, you guys, um, we'll go over transitions. I'll have my kids practice how we how we're supposed to transition. Um, we go over the computer policy. And again, like I said, this isn't all really done in one day. It's um, We go to school on a Wednesday, so this is kind of covered over three days. Um, I like to spend time going over computer policy, um, how to hold your Chromebook, how to walk with your Chromebook, how to put it away. Um, then we do this whole thing on digital um, citizenship because fifth grade is kind of when, where in the past we've had problems of kids maybe emailing one, one another, chatting on the Google chat thing, um, just sending not very nice things. And so I kind of talk about how, well, when you put things on the internet or on the computer, especially if it's a district computer, um, you guys, I'm just letting you know, it's technically school property. So the school has access to all that stuff. It's not private. It's not yours. No matter if you delete it, it's there. And so, and that sounds scary to them, right? So I want to make sure to cover them, cover that to let them know, like, if I really, really, really needed to, I could see what you're doing on that computer. And it's just so great to go over that. And if you go to commonsensemedia.org, I think it's called, they have a free teacher um, account that you can sign up for and it'll teach them by grade level digital citizenship. And it's so great and I love it. Um, it talks about going on to accountable websites, um, how to see if they're credible, um, how you should behave online. And it goes over those things that I talk about too. And so I'll do some of those during the first two weeks of school just to show them this is how um, you should behave on a computer. And I usually have them do all of that before um, even really using the computer for our activities. And so after they do that, then I feel like, okay, we we can go on it. And then I love to end with my classroom promises to them. And I don't know why I just started doing this. And so I have six things that I promise them and I'll, I'll say them to you. So I say, at the end of the day, you guys, there are, I definitely want the best in all of you guys. So these are my six promises to you. I will make sure to be energetic, even on the days that I'm not feeling energetic because I feel like you guys need that. I will push you. So if you feel like I'm being hard on you, I, it's, it's my love language for saying I believe in you. Number three, I will keep you coming back for more. I do this because I want you guys to enjoy learning. Number four, I will support you. If you want me to come to a baseball game or a cheer game or a gymnastics meet, I will come to support you even outside of the classroom. I'm here for you. I'm your biggest cheerleader. When you do well on a test, I'm going to celebrate you and be excited for you with you. Um, number five, I will help you set and reach your goals because I think that's important for education and your personal life. And then lastly, number six, I will prepare you for sixth grade and even life 
skills. And so those are the things that I kind of end my little talk with because I want them to know that I am there for them. Okay. Um, and when there's times that are tough or when they're not feeling their very best, I'm, I'm just letting them know that I'm always going to bring it my all. And that's kind of my fun way to kind of show them, I guess that I care. So in retrospect, you guys, on that first day of school, I say the best balance is to kind of introduce who you are. So the kids that have anxiety or that are scared about the first day of school, you're kind of easing them. Um, and just drill those expectations and rules, model, 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 until it's the way that you want it to, and don't be afraid to correct them if it's not, okay? So I used to be afraid, like, I would say the call and response, and they would give it to me, and I'd be like, okay, in my head, I guess that's, uh, all right, that's what they're giving me. Um, I kind of was hoping for more, but I wouldn't, like, address it, Um, and so now I just, I'm saying address it, and Any little tiny thing in your classroom from sharpening pencils to getting up out of your seat to how they should respond, you need to cover it so they know, okay? Otherwise, they're just going to fill in the blank with what they think they know or do what they want to do if it's not addressed. Like, okay, she didn't say how to to answer questions. I'm just going to shout it out because that's what I like to do. Um, And so I'm going to kind of end that here. Um, I am actually going to split this into two parts. And in the second part, I'm going to be talking about the activities that I have my kids do on the first day or week of school. So I hope you guys join in to hear about all the fun activities that we do. I promise it's not just all me being a drill sergeant talking about the different expectations. Again, I do mix in everything, but I'm hoping you guys have a wonderful Tuesday if you're listening to this on a Tuesday. And if you're not, I hope you have a fabulous day in general. Please do not forget to rate or leave a lovely review for this podcast. Um, It's kind of what keeps this podcast going. Um, I am adoring all of the sharing you guys have been doing on your stories. It's so great. I love seeing you guys listening. Um, Makes me feel that the advice I'm giving is actually being beneficial to some of you, and that makes me happy. Um, And again, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, um, I haven't done a shout-out in a while because I've been a little bit behind on checking on those. Um, If you want to shout-out a friend that's doing incredible things in your classroom make or in their classroom, make sure you send me a email at hello mrs harwick at gmail.com you can direct message me on my instagram that's at at hello mrs harwick um you can also go to my blog at hello mrs harwick.com and fill out a contact form and i read those all the time um but again that's all i have for you guys today so i guess this is it till next time Yes, don't forget to check out the show notes for any of the links that I discussed in today's episode. If you enjoyed today so far, please share it with a friend um, because the more, the merrier. Thanks for tuning in and I can't wait to see you guys next time.